This is the Voice of Land on the Big Play Network with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Jay Banky. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another edition of the Voice of Land right here on the Big Play Network and also partnered with LPV Productions. We are live tonight on our Twitter page. You can follow us at VTL underscore pod or like us on Facebook at Voice of the Land. You can also find our show live on the Big Play Facebook page and YouTube channel, along with our YouTube channel where we will post all of the clips as now Twitter and kind of how we go live on Twitter doesn't, it's not as user friendly trying to start the show from the point we want the clip to start at. So, we post all of our clips now on our YouTube channel at Voice of the Land Podcast. You can also catch all of the audio on your major podcast platforms. We are brought to you tonight by Vector Technical. They'll get the right person in the right job the first time. And DP Construction LLC. Reach out to them for all your concrete construction needs. You know the phone number. Well, we'll say it every single time. 330-217-4999. 330 Again, this is The Voice of Land. It is a bit of a pre-recorded live show here tonight. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Arnold, alongside us. As always, behind that proverbial glass, it is our producer extraordinaire, Audio, or Peter Tellup, but we will just refer to him as Audio as he is our AI system. He is the Jarvis to The Voice of Land, as Jarvis was to Iron Man. And tonight, un. Like most weeks now, with Always Positive Jay across from me, we have a guest host. It's been a birthday uh, or a weekend of birthdays for The Voice of Land this weekend. So Jay is celebrating with his fiance this weekend, and we wish her the best of birthdays, as well as Peter, who just had a birthday on Thursday. And we are so happy to be joined by host of Illegal Hand of the Face and co-host of The Dog's Table, a part of this very same Big Play Network, Jared Bates. Jared Fatty Bates is here. What's going on, buddy? We've been talking about this forever to try to get this show I together. I know, and it took nine birthdays and a trip to Columbus, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, it did. It did. I mean, Columbus was Columbus was good. Columbus was good. It was good to kind of get away from everything that's going on. We know we got a lot to talk about, and of course, there's even when there's no games being played, there's so much to talk about with the Browns, and it's yes. taken – Completely different tracks than most off seasons. Yes, there is the funky, there is the craziness that is Browns off seasons. This kind of this off season has been a whole different story. So let's start right there, and that with the Browns having their press conferences to finally introduce everyone to Deshaun Watson. Of course, they did their press conference with uh, GM Andrew Barry, head coach Kevin Stefanski, and Deshaun Watson in Berea, and then you know I guess timely or whatever don't know how they swung it but i know the owners meetings are next week you got private jets but you still couldn't be there you got other things going on whatever the owners jimmy and d haslam did a zoom meeting uh, a little while later after that at least credit to them for even if they were had to be out of town they still took time because they know how much this matter has really kind of divided the fan base in a different way uh, of the Browns and maybe even lost some of their fans. So with this, and I apologize to our sponsor, Vector Technical. They sponsor our poll every week. Did not get a poll up this week, but the poll that I wanted to post, everybody posted in different ways. Oh, yeah. And that is, how do you feel after hearing from the Browns organization and Deshaun Watson and, and taking all the press conferences into account? 
Do you feel better or worse about this move? Still the same. Jared, where are you at after kind of now be, having finally having a chance to hear from all of them? I mean, actually hearing them talk in the process, even though they wouldn't go into detail about certain things about the process, hearing them talk about it, you know, it makes you feel a little bit more at ease about everything, especially hearing Deshaun going up there and really putting down his innocence. Like he was very adamant about his innocence and doubling down and tripling down on some of that. But, you know, it, I would love to see D and Jimmy there at that press conference also, because that was you're transitioning from a franchise quarterback, which we thought we had mm -hmm. to a new one. This is like one of the biggest trades in NFL history and your owners aren't there for this to kind of help yeah. kind of navigate everything. But, you know, from what I saw, I mean, yes, Barry did an amazing job during the press conference. I'm not saying Deshaun didn't or Stefanski didn't. It just it's a it's a weird time as Cleveland Browns fans because you're it's emotional time. And normally you don't have emotions come with football, but this time you have to check your emotions and check how you feel as a person. And you know, with that, with the way the press conference went, I thought it went good. I thought a lot of it put some at ease with some people, but also left people wanting more questions. Peter, did you get a chance to kind of catch some of the press conferences and stuff and how you were feeling about this situation after hearing from them? I mean, actions are always going to speak louder, but the only action they can do is speak right now. Right. So so where are you at after being able to finally see, the, see and hear from them? I, I wasn't able to watch it, but I did listen to some of it. And I, I mean, I'm still not sure how I feel about it. I mean, from a player's perspective... You know, I think he's. I think Deshaun is an upgraded quarterback over Baker. I mean, in because the thing is with Baker, kudos to him for playing through the injury. You know, I really, I really wish he would have gotten the surgery earlier. You know, mm. because I think we wouldn't even be having this conversation if that would have been the case. Right. Because he would have been coming back for his, his final year of the contract. You know, and that would tell kind of what happened. And you know, it, it's kind of messy and i don't like that um then all the off-field suffered to sean you know i was talking to jared uh before we started the show and you know he's not he hasn't been found guilty of anything right you know he still has his day in court um i don't want to be i don't want to you know crucify the guy through the court of public opinion be, you know the number troubles me some of the, some of the stuff I've read about some of you know what's available of some yeah. of the allegations, you know, is kind of you know there's some serious stuff there and there's some stuff that I'm like I, I don't even understand, you know it's pretty vague. Some of it's kind of vague. And <laughs> yeah. One of them was like we were joking about it before because it's like I'm not even sure how that happens, so I don't want to get into too too many details. But um, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm not feel I'm still not feeling great about it. I mean, if it was just the Sean Watson coming and he didn't have that baggage. I'd be stoked. I'd be oh, yeah. I'd be excited right. about it, you know. And that's the thing is, like you said, Jared, it's like it's it's a huge trade. This yeah. is huge. I mean, it's a it's a huge change for this organization. And you know, some people online were saying, you know, if I wonder if he wouldn't have if Deshaun would have gone to Atlanta, if this would even be an issue. Like if it would have gotten the kind of press. Well, I mean that that all depends. I mean that's his hometown. So yeah. at that point in time, you're yeah. a hometown cooking. You have people that you've known. You've been down in the South for so long. Like, I think the reason why it's more of a bigger presser here 
is because we had Baker Mayfield here. Right. Yeah. And you're bringing in another top quarterback in with whatever Baker was. Like, yeah, I'm with you. He should have had surgery. We'd be a whole different conversation possibly. But at the point in time, you spent your first round draft pick on a quarterback and four years later, you're bringing in somebody else. Yeah. Like it's, it'd be different. Like Matt Ryan's older. He would have been on his way out. Get it. Everybody kind of understands that. Yep. What we don't understand is they picked up the fifth year option for Baker, but now we're bringing it to Sean Watson. So I think that's kind of started the mushroom cloud of the press conferences and everything else that happened. Oh, yeah. And I mean, what are we going to, and what's going to happen with that fifth year option for yeah. Baker? Yeah. And that, and we're, we're going to get to that in the second segment tonight because even Joe Thomas had some uh, on the uh, Tom and Hawk show on Amazon Prime, they kind of talked about this, and Joe Thomas kind of brought out some information that people weren't aware of with Baker's contract, or at least what they <coughs> what they offered him. So we'll get to that in the second segment. But, I mean, you guys kind of mentioned it. We would be stoked if this baggage wasn't coming with Deshaun Watson. We mentioned it last week, Peter. We, we kind of talked about how I even said that if this was a couple years ago, and, and even when he first talked about wanting to be traded from Houston and find out that he's coming to the Browns before this information came out, we would be absolutely stoked. And it's a big story because, yes, we have Baker Mayfield, who we thought was going to be the franchise quarterback, and this team is good. Atlanta is still building, and they thought that, that they could get that corner, the cornerstone piece and start that rebuild process a lot faster if they were able to get the hometown guy into Sean Watson. But them not being as good, you would have the initial press conference being a big story, but not every single day talking about it. It would go away. Again, that's a problem. That's something else we talked about last week. And we appreciate everybody that did reach out that appreciated our conversation. Again, we're not telling anybody how to feel. No. And, and even the, the ladies from That's What B Said, that, like that, they had a real in-depth conversation. That's coming from longtime female Browns fans, which is, is a voice that sh- should matter in this case. And some of them questioning their fandom or even, you know, kind of saying that they're out right now, which is totally fine. People are uh, still going at them, still being the douchebags on Twitter uh, at people, whether it's females, males, whoever it is saying that they're, however they're feeling like this, this is not an issue. That's just strictly football. I know everybody wants to get to the football and if you can, that's fine as well. If you can get to how Deshaun Watson impacts this team from a football standpoint, that's fine. I cannot get to that point still. And that's how I feel at this press conference. Yes, you know, they did as well as they could up there. I wasn't so enamored with how I know Andrew Barry is soft spoken as it is. He was much more soft spoken. And when they, it felt too scripted when they said that they empathize with people that have gone through sexual abuse or no people that have no close people to them, friends, family members that have gone through sexual abuse, sexual assault, whatever the case may be, that it's involved in all these different allegations, as we mentioned last week. It like it just felt too scripted with that. Then you get to the, you know, kind of the Zoom press conference with the owners where they were able to dictate all the terms. You've done this a week later after you find after the trade came down. You've had a, a week to figure out, you know, uh, Deshaun's team telling him what he was allowed to say. We knew we weren't going to get much from the legal standpoint. That's that's fine. Didn't get much about why he wanted out of Houston. He, you know, kind of kept saying, of like you said, Jared, about his innocence. Also saying he was raised by, uh, you know, a lot of female influences in his life. His mom, his aunts, um, things like that. So he would never disrespect a woman in that way. Um, 
And then, of course, with Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, what they wanted to say, and the owners having even more control over theirs. They're on Zoom. They don't have, they're not being grilled by the media right in front of them. They can't see these hands being raised. All you got is the virtual emoji of a hand being raised in Zoom. And Jimmy did not seem prepared at all. No. He was not prepared at all. He was stumbling over what he wanted to say, just wasn't making any sense. D was a little bit better. But I didn't feel better. I don't know that I felt necessarily worse. I think after Jimmy and D, I felt a little worse, honestly. But thinking back on everything all encompassing, still at that same, still at the same point I was last week. I don't. It doesn't feel good right now, and I can't get to the football. Are you able to talk football right now, Jared? With this, like, do you feel comfortable talking about the football side? We know he's an upgrade. Yeah. I, like I can't get to imagining what that what the football side of this looks like yet. I, That's how difficult this is. It's it's so hard to actually get past that point to actually get to the football side of it. And I'm still I'm like you I'm kind of not there yet. But like you know I the biggest picture that's going on right now is there's obviously a problem, and it's hmm. not with the Browns. It's not with the, it's it's with the NFL and like. I understand their allegations. I understand he's innocent. Yeah. But it's not just him. I mean, it is domestic violence. It is child yeah. abuse. It is a whole bunch of other stuff that things need to change. And it, like Bryce said on our show, kind of starts in high school and middle school of, yeah. you know, all these guys being told you're greater than everybody else. Yeah. You can get no, no wrong. You can do whatever you want. No, you can't. Because no. any other aspects of life, like I, you know, I joke around on our show all the time. If it was me, I wouldn't have a job. I wouldn't be able to provide for my family. I'd be accused of a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. But because I'm not in the NFL or an athlete, let's just say athlete, mm-hmm. then it's okay that this kind of could happen. It's like, no, it's not okay. Like it no. should be okay. And it's not okay. But also, he is innocent until proven guilty. And right now that like Peter said, the numbers was staggering to me. I mean, that's, that's If it was mm. five, six, I'm not even saying eight, 10, it's just like 22. Really? You need yeah. that many massage therapists. Like you can't just hire one. You have enough money to just hire one. Like, <laughs> and he's had, I think he's had like more than that during his, during his time, but 22 of them have come out with these allegations. Like it, again, it's, What's really not sitting right with me is what you just touched on, Jared. It's that turning the blind eye. And I've heard everybody say throughout the week and even after this press conference, well, eventually we will be able to get the to get back to football conversations. Like everybody forgets about this stuff. Everybody everybody moves past this. You know, you don't hear about uh, you don't hear about Kareem Hunt's thing or anybody else that's been, you know, gone through and they've been accused or found guilty of domestic violence. I'm not trying to condemn Deshaun Watson and say that he's that he is guilty. It's just this whole situation. Everybody's already saying like, well, at some point we'll be able to talk football and everybody will forget about this. It should not be forgotten about guys. Should right. This should not be allowed to, to happen. And, and guys get in these situations Yes, I understand the the common phrase of everyone deserves a second chance. But when it when it's it's not just second chances in the NFL, it's second, third, fourth. For Deshaun, this would be second chance because he's done a lot of great stuff in the community. Yes. And I know he'll do great stuff in the community here to try to earn the trust back. I believe him when he says those things. Like when I heard that, that felt genuine coming 
from a guy that had came up in a Habitat for Humanity household, continued that work, and has been helping people down in Houston and in his hometown. That like I understand that that's where it's going to be, and he's got to earn that trust back. So I'm not trying to say he's guilty. It's just it's the whole situation that these things keep coming up. We talk about it for a couple weeks, and then it just gets pushed to the side. That's not good enough. And if I'm if I or this show with three people on it, four people with Jared are the only ones saying this because, oh, you can't argue the NFL. Like, it's just the way it is. And you just got to live with it. Yeah. I don't care. I'm going to say these things because it's reality. It's not just this fictional fantasy football world that everybody else lives in and just loves how much attention they get from their stupid takes on Twitter and how many people jump in their spaces and they got to clamor for, for attention. Look at reality, people. If you don't, you don't want to hear me because I'm speaking in reality terms, not yeah. speaking in fantasy terms where we get to forget about this. This does not go away until it actually does. And if he's found innocent, I will come on here and say, like, it is good to hear that he was found innocent. He, he went to bat for himself for the right reason, and now we can move forward with football. But when other cases like this come up, we need to make sure that we get all the information, get it all figured out before we can and have – the conclusion to that before we can move past it. And if someone is found guilty, you can't just turn a blind eye once they go through the legal process of whatever consequences they get and bring them right back and they get to play football again. There's got to be more repercussions or recovery, re like rehabilitation with these things just as much as physical. And that's, that's where it is. So, we're going to probably have to keep talking about this because more stories are going to come out. There might be more grand juries that have to go through their process. So we'll have plenty of time to talk about this. Can I say one thing I was yeah. excited about? I was excited about the one thing I was excited about the press conference is mm. he actually chose the Browns before the money was even talked about. Yeah. That right there was like, okay, well, obviously you didn't come here for the $230 million guaranteed, even though it was nice. Yeah. You chose us before that happened. I'll say I don't fully believe that, but I, I, I know that however, whatever order the conversation went in and what the Browns were offering in terms of the trade to the to the Texans, offering to Deshaun Watson in terms of bringing him into Cleveland and from for a person and a football player standpoint and contract-wise, like whatever order that went in, I don't know that I fully believe that, but I I don't disbelieve it, I guess, either. So like, I don't, I'm kind of like right there on the fence. You're not supposed to be there in sports media, sports talk, but... I I don't know where to be on that because I again it's not what's at the forefront of my mind right now to think about. Yeah. So, but what it's always at the forefront of everybody's mind is Browns and you know Baker Mayfield. Where where does that go next? Again, we mentioned Joe Thomas had some interesting comments about Baker Mayfield and him betting on himself and that maybe not turning out so well. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break. This is the Voice of Land right here on the Big Play Network. Whether you're looking to hire new talent or start a new career, Vector Technical has you covered. Vector Technical is a 28-year-old staffing firm that has helped thousands of job seekers advance in their career with reputable partners throughout Northeastern Ohio. Vector Technical is more than just a temp agency. With an above average hire in rate of one in four candidates, Vector works hard to connect the right person with the right opportunity the first time. Vector Technical hires for skilled manufacturing and light industrial work and is sure to have a career that you've been looking for. 
To learn more, visit our website at www.vectortechnicalinc.com. Welcome back to The Voice of Land right here on the Big Play Network. Kevin Arnold, audio, our producer, and joined by our guest host today, Jared Fatty Bates from Alila M to the Face and the Dogs Table. We're talking Browns, talking to Sean Watson, press conferences, our reaction to him again. Didn't post the poll to get everybody else's reaction to it because everybody everybody did that. Oh, yeah. But you guys can always tweet at us, at Kevin and Seven, at, uh, is it, what is it, I Am That Fat Guy? Yes. I Am That Fat Guy on Twitter and at LPV Productions. We'll have those conversations. We're not going to be able to see comments as you guys post in the live. Again, this is a pre-recorded show tonight with a bunch of birthdays going on for us this weekend. Trying to get all the family time in that we can, but still provide our weekly shows this week so we want to thank uh jared for coming in to help out switching gears a little bit talking more browns and the browns brought in deshaun watson they also finally made it official that jacoby Brissett will be the backup quarterback Every, even jimmy haslam saying that even though they didn't put out there about baker mayfield that they were that they want an adult in the room they still wish him well so like they want him they their intention is that he's not going to be here in Cleveland. He's mentioned that, that he doesn't want to be here anymore. The Browns have kind of indicated that in different ways. Um, so I know that Ian Rappaport had reported that if Deshaun Watson gets suspended, Baker Mayfield, there is no market for him right now. And it's because of that contract and the Browns won't eat part of that money. And it's also that they want teams want compensation in addition to Baker Mayfield, so he might have to be here and then start games. There is no way and there is no scenario where Baker Mayfield can start a game for the Browns anymore. As as a Baker supporter but not a Baker bro and understanding he has a lot of fault in this messy situation as it is, along with the Browns organization, as, as tough as that is to say, I know for the betterment of this organization and for the player Baker Mayfield, both sides need to go separate ways. Somehow, some way, Browns need to swallow their pride, swallow some of that money. We did hear from Joe Thomas, though, Jared, yeah. on the on the Tom and Hawk show on Amazon, and he said that Baker Mayfield was offered a $30 million a year contract by the Browns last season, and he said, I'm just going to continue playing on this. I feel like I'm, I'm worth more than that, and I'm going to go out there and prove it. Goes out there, starts the season decently well, separates his shoulder, and then we know where it went from there. Yeah. Where does this try to play Nostradamus for me? Where does this scenario end up? You know, I I don't know because now the NFL knows that he's done with the Browns. So they can actually put out whatever price they want for Baker Mayfield or wait for him to get released. Well, they're not going to release him for $18 million and then we'll be able to hook with it. Yeah. So they got to find at least a trade partner or figure out a way that this is going to work out to where he's gone. And I love the reports of, well, he's still under contract. He's still going to play. You and I both know. He ain't hey, playing. I'm childish, as I can't say certain words on here. I'm, I'm childish as shit too. Yeah. Would I want to go back to a person that just took my job in a team that just said no? I'm done with you. No. I don't care if it's 18 million guaranteed or not. I'd be sitting on my butt going, "You guys have fun." I'm like a scorned lover over here. I don't want anything to do with you guys either. So what makes you think he would want to come back and actually play any games for the Browns, even if it does benefit himself because he's never shown that he's that kind of person. So at that point in time, this, this has got to be done and over with, and it's got to do it quick because once it's done and over with and out of here, yeah. then a lot of more move on. A lot of more people can move on 
after that because, like you said, the Baker Bros and all this other stuff. Everybody's just he was a good quarterback, guys. Yeah. Like he was. He wasn't great. No. Right. And then <laughs> and if he said like if he's still under contract by the time training camp or the preseason rolls around and you know people are still thinking that somehow Baker's going to start a game for the Browns, you know that and he says I'm not going to play, he's sitting out, you know that the Baker Bros are going to find some excuse for that because it that's being part of that is being immature instead of ha- you know having an actual We'll use the term adult, even if the Browns didn't use that or not, having those actual conversations, not talking through different people, your team or whatever, in addition to your team, going to them to talk to them and really figure this out, how both parties can go their separate ways. Baker bros will find some excuses for him. The Baker haters will only bash him for being, you know, lacking adult credibility, basically being a child. It's going to go both ways. At this point, he's not going to be here. The Baker Bros, sorry, I, I gotta tell you, he's not gonna be here. Y- you gotta move on. If, if we're gonna, if, if you're gonna still be a Browns fan and you're gonna look at things in a football term, Baker's not gonna be here. Hey, Baker haters, there's no need to bash him. I don't, I don't know what jollies you're getting out of bashing this guy and running him through the mud. He has not said anything, and his off the field issues. You want to focus on that more than real issues that are off the field with a guy that's coming in that you everybody feels has greatly improved the quarterback position. So again, that's already starting to push what should be the conversation off to the side, turning a blind eye to it just so that you can go bash a child. And I put child in quotes for those just listening to the audio because like again, there's no point in it. Oh yeah. Both just need to go their separate ways. Baker haters you know, go away. Stop talking about it. Baker bros, go away. Stop talking about it. Like this is a, now a, it should be focused on what does this new era with Deshaun Watson and Jacoby Brissett look like from the quarterback room and you know, the team that gets Baker. And if those, if people follow Baker because they're fans of the player, that's totally fine too. You know, everybody can talk about that with those, with those teams, wherever he finally ends up. Guess what? This whole situation in terms of football and business and this team improving this offseason has put the Browns at a standstill point in their offseason progress because they don't know how they're trying to get all 18 off the books to then bring back a guy like Jarvis Landry or Jadavian Clowney, which we would love to see back. And having a guy like Juice come back would probably help some Browns fans feel a little bit better uh, uh, from a football standpoint. Well, PR-wise, it would help about that. I understand that. I mean, especially if you bring back both of them. PR-wise, everybody's going to be like, oh, Deshaun, who? Oh, we got Juice back. Hey. Like, I mean, that's what, as soon as he got, it was like, oh, we got to bring Juice back now. We got to bring back Mm -hmm. Cloudy now. Well, you really can't because you still got $18 million in cap space right now you got to get rid of. Yeah. And the reason why they they want to get rid of 18 million. They don't want that contract on their books to help them progress as a team is the exact same reason why there's no market for Baker Mayfield right now. I know everybody wants to go to, and for some teams, I'm sure it is his immaturity. I'm sure that they've already closed that door. Guess what? There were only, if Deshaun Watson was so perfect from a football standpoint, there would be 32 teams that had offered to the Houston Texans, not 13 that got dwindled down to five, then four, then the ultimate one of him choosing the Cleveland Browns. 
So that's always going to happen. There's always going to be teams that say he does not fit from a football standpoint or character standpoint what we want to do. I know that there are teams that are very interested in having Baker Mayfield on their team. But from a business and cap hit standpoint, there are there are no teams that want the fifth year option, $18 million on their books. The Browns need to eat some of that money, maybe throw in a low draft pick with that to trade them away or else they're going to have to release take the 18 million dollar cap hit not be able to bring any more players in here hope that a good wide receiver falls to you in the second round and some other you find that diamond in a rough defensive end to be on the other side of miles garrett because that definitely helped him last year having another good to somewhat dominant pass rusher on the other side guess what that takes away the triple teams and all of the the guys that uh, Miles Garrett has to get through. And I know that Aaron Donald does that on a, on a weekly basis, but guess what? The Rams won the Super Bowl. They got a lot of other good players that teams have to scheme for defensively. When you got the front seven and you're really only scheming for Miles Garrett, makes it tough as physical of a freak as he is. Where do we go from here, Jared, this offseason? I don't know. Like right now, I mean, the first move is get Baker off the book. I, that's That's got to be the first move. And then after that, you really got to take a look at your uh, defensive line. I, I, that's right now. You've got a couple signings. That's it. And you know there is some good guys in the draft, but you need some veterans on that defensive line, especially defensive tackle now, because you got lo- a lot of young guys with Togi mm-hmm. and a new guy that was a Brian. They just brought in. I can't remember. Uh, Taven Brian, take yeah. another shot in the dark type of guy, giving him yeah. you know a second chance from being a first. Uh, first round pick to not really amounting to that talent, giving him a fresh start and just saying like, now nah, you got to earn here's like $5 million, but you got to earn the contracts you thought you were actually going to get as a first round talent. Yeah. And then you did pick up a pass rusher, but that's kind of all he is with uh chase Vodovich. But you know, at that point in time, you need somebody. I, yeah. There's no if, ands or buts, you need a defensive lineman to help out this team, especially on defense and everything else there. They're good. They've got their linebackers. Mm-hmm. They got their safeties. They got their quarterbacks, but you got to get in a stud defensive tackle or a very, very good defensive end to help out miles Garrett on the other side. And have you listened to all the experts in terms of the draft, which you take that with a grain of salt because they're, they're right about some players they are wrong about some players. It's always going to happen. That's why I've never done mock drafts myself because I, I don't, it's the crapshoot. It's, that's like, why you don't predict scores. That's why. Just, yeah, that's that's part of it. It's superstition, and I mean, maybe I'm not not smart enough for it. I don't know. But if you listen to all the experts, the drop-off between kind of the first-round talent or that first couple waves of defensive ends and defensive line, while it's a deep draft, the gap between the first, second wave to then the next waves is much bigger than the first and second group of wide receivers to that next group of wide receivers. Like that gap is a lot closer. So that you have more chance at 44 to get still an impactful possible falling into the second round, first round type talent wide receiver, not necessarily defensive line. So they need to get this situation with Baker figured out because, or else their off season is going to be at a full standstill somehow talking football with this, but it, it, like, it, I still don't feel like right saying all these things, but it's still reality. Yeah. If this team wants to have the success that they want next year and they have, they feel like they have this window open, you, you better capitalize on it. And it's not just the quarterback. The quarterback is the starting point and it is one of the biggest points. You got that. Now put some of the other puzzle pieces that are missing 
may have fallen on the floor. You got to go pick up the pieces and, and get this offseason rolling. Yeah. More to come on the Browns here on the Voice of Land coming up. But, you know, I think at, at, at this point of the show, we probably pretty much know who's kind of won in the uh, the both of the Elite Eight games in the NCAA tournament to this point. Coming out of this break, uh, I'm going to give both of my reactions because, again, we're pre-recording, so I don't know who actually just won in UNC St. Peter's. Maybe there was a buzzer beater. Maybe it's the 15th seed going to the Final Four. Maybe we get UNC versus Duke. You know, it's we'll see. We'll, we'll kind of get – we'll do both reactions after the break and talk a little basketball and the struggling Cavs. We'll, we'll get to that as well. This is The Voice of Land right here on the Big Play Network. Are you struggling to hire the right talent or maybe even find the right career? Vector Technical makes it easy. Since 1992, Vector has provided Ohio employers with a reliable process for hiring and have helped thousands of job seekers advance in their careers. Vector Technical is more than just a temp agency. We invest time to get to know each client and candidate personally. Vector places people in job opportunities that they are truly excited about. Interested in learning more? Visit our website at www.vectortechnicalinc.com to see a full list of our current job opportunities and to find out what Vector Technical can offer you. Get your gear at voiceoftheland.com forward slash shop. Welcome back to the Voice of Land right here on the Big Play Network. And, you know, Jared, we talked a lot of Browns to start the show. We need to kind of have a little bit of fun. I know we're going to talk Cavs, and that's not necessarily the best topic or a fun topic right now this part of the season. Especially after last night. But the NCAA tournament has been going on, and that's been some some a lot of fun games. We even have a 15C for the first time ever in the Elite Eight. They had... At this point, while it is a pre-recorded show, and I'll keep saying that all show long, I do not, I do not keep anything behind the curtain. This is breaking, uh, I guess not breaking the fourth wall, but I'm looking right at the camera, so it's technically breaking the fourth wall for those that are only <laughs> listening to the sound. We are pre-recording this show. We did this around noon-ish today, so yes. you know the games are happening while this show is going on or it's finishing up. So as a Duke fan myself, not too in, not too deep in the rivalry. Where I absolutely hate UNC, but I still root for Duke over UNC in those games. I want to go through my reactions with both teams winning. So I want you to tell me that each team won, and I'm going to try to react as genuinely as I can. Well, Kevin, did you hear today that the St. Petersburg Peacocks beat UNC in overtime? Let's go, Peacocks! <laughs> Hashtag Peacocks, let's go, man. <laughs> Those kids from the Jersey area, man, they're not scared of anything, just like their coach said after that first game. Man, these kids are playing well. They got some great guards. Man, Peacocks, oh boy, my Dukies are, the Duke Blue Devils are in for a game in the Final Four. Man, a 15 seat to, to the New Orleans in a Final Four? When did you ever think you would see that? I love it. <laughs> All right, let's ro let's roll through the other one just so everybody uh, gets both perspectives here. And did you know that the uh, Tar Heels have beaten the Peacocks in overtime? Is is that the Tar Heels from like UNC, like North Carolina? The how many Tar Heels are there? I don't know. I mean, like I'm just. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, University of North Carolina uh, Tar Heels. Okay, so so that means they're like America got what they wanted. Duke yeah. versus North Carolina in the Final Four, like the semifinals of this tournament. 
Oh, boy, man, a better story would have been St. Peter's. It would have been the Peacocks, man. Yeah, I, I don't care, man. St. Peter's going up against Duke in Coach K's final year. Now we get to hear all week long, well, can the Tar Heels do it again? Can they beat the Duke Blue Devils and waste Coach K's final year where it looked like he was on that glorious run to go out on top? Oh, goody, I get to listen to that all week. I can't wait, man. I'm not, I'm not a big hater on UNC, but again, as a kid growing up and being in an area of Northeast Ohio where we were one of several Blue Devils, I know there's, uh, I think Brunswick are Blue Devils, Independence. Independence. You know, growing up in Wycliffe, Blue, I was always, I always heard about the Blue Devils, and you know, kind of going through the school time there, I heard Duke were the Blue Devils as well. So I was like, well, maybe I should be a Duke Blue Devil fan. And then, you know, I saw that they played pretty well. I know that they have a couple guys that even I don't like throughout their history and. Christian Leitner and Shane Battier kind of goes up and down for me. But, you know, I was more of a Duke fan than a UNC fan. I know Jordan went there and everything, but hey, don't really care. So, um, great. You know, Duke versus UNC, that'll be, a, that'll be a great game. A two versus an eight seed. Still an eight seed making it to the tournament, to the, to the Final Four. That's, you know, usually, that's why you don't pick chalk in your brackets, and that's why I don't. I really need to stop picking brackets. <laughs> Is that good enough reaction for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, me, both. I mean, that's... Covers both sides, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think TV-wise, they would love the yeah. UNC and Duke, uh, just TV-wise, because, I mean, that would be Coach K, the rivalry, uh, Jim Nance. It would be just storybook right there for them to just do it. Whoever wins goes to the championship game, and... Like okay, but then you also got the same peacocks with I think their center's what like six five, I, like yeah. I, I'm like look at these little guys go yeah. I mean they went up <laughs> against a seven four kid in Purdue and like and, and like forced him to sit on the bench. I don't know if you guys watched that oh, game. Oh I all. did. No and, I didn't. So did you hear like the, hear the commentator say that they switch off between him and I think it's Edie is his last name yes. for Purdue and Williams is the kind of their two big, tall centers. Whichever one is scoring better, that one kind of gets more the minutes as the game progresses. So Williams was scoring a little bit better. Edie's over there on the bench. But still, when both of them were in, St. Peter's is scrappy, man. They were getting their hands in there, hands on, on basketballs, deflections in the lane. And I, I think I heard, um, you know, they were talking, Charles Barkley and, the, and that crew was talking after the game, and they were saying like how they have, like, some of the best guards, their their four guards that they play are some of the best guards in the tournament. I, I don't know. I mean, if they ended up winning the game today, it's not because they're upsetting anybody. It's just they're a good basketball team. Yeah. And there's so much parity in college basketball now because you get these senior-laden groups or these groups that have played together for a while that just they are told – just go out there and play basketball the way that you know. Like they still got to go play the same way. They got to follow the same fundamentals. Even if they were a five-star recruit, guess what? They dribble the same way that you do. The, the the ball's there for the taking. If you can get a steal, get a steal. If you can get in the lane, take a charge. Put your body in line. Sacrifice for each other. That's how you win a championship. Is the the floor burns. They're doing all the little things. That's what St. Peter's has done and probably done all all year. And I wish I could have watched a little bit more of their season or been kind of uh indicated about them throughout the season because that's a that's the type of basketball i like to watch when it's just team laden basketball how much basketball have you guys how much of this tournament have you guys kind of watched and is it has it been exciting for you or just like just certain moments but you could take or leave it 
I've only watched truly bits and pieces because, uh, you know, Michigan made it to the Sweet 16, and Brian gave me so much crap about that. Oh, I was so happy when they lost. But, you know, <laughs> you know, for me, if my team's in it, yeah, mm. but, you know, I follow more to watch these Cinderella teams than anything else yeah. because just watching them, it's so fun because the kids are having a blast. Yeah. Like, you see it on their face. Like, they – after that game was over with, they realized they won after that three-pointer. And, like, they just went crazy. And it's mm-hmm. just watching that and the joy coming from the, That's why March Madness is so fun for everybody because yeah. you have the upsets like this. You have the David versus Goliath. Like, when you took – my buddy is a Kentucky fan. I texted him. I texted him Katy Perry's Peacock song. He hates me right now. You know, like, they actually ran through Blue Bloods to get yeah. where they're at. It wasn't like – People had Kentucky pick to win this thing. It yeah. wasn't like that. It was like a fluke, eight over nine, mm-hmm. and then you know, no, this was a legit fifteen yes. making it this far. I don't know how you cannot get excited for that, right? But the only thing that I've noticed is there hasn't been that many buzzer beaters in this no. one. No, I think that's what's probably uh, people have been talking about how they're not as into this tournament. I think that's probably an element. There haven't been those buzzer beam moments. I, have like you watched a lot, Peter? I haven't. But, you know, I normally don't watch a lot of college basketball anyways. I, I'll i do the brackets just for mm. fun. Uh, I do like the Cinderella stories because I do find it great that you have kids that, you know, they're not expected to go that far. They're excited to be there in the first place. And, you know, as long as they're not knocking off my team, yeah, <laughs> I'm, good yeah. With it. I'm good with it, you know. Yeah. But, you know. But I don't. But that's just it. Like college basketball, I don't follow it. I mean, I don't really have a team. I mean, I love Ohio State football, but I don't. I don't really care about Ohio State basketball. And the reason why I bring it up is like you go back in time. Like you have all these national champions. I can't tell you the national champions of long ago, Mm. but I remember George Mason's run. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Wichita State making their run. Yeah. VCU. I remember their run that they had. Like you have these runs that you remember, but I like I can't remember who. Like last year, they're like oh. Gonzaga would finish second. What? Gonzaga finished second last year? I'm like, I didn't know. Like, it was one of those ones that caught me <laughs> off guard. But, like, you know, you're running through. This team is running through all of them. Yeah. If, yeah. I, if I had a team to pick, like, honestly, it would be like a Mac team. Probably, you know, yeah. I'm a zip, so I'd probably pick, you know, I would root for Akron if they were yeah. in there. Mm. And, and maybe even Kent State, just because being so close to us. Or, you know. Well, which, even the run that Kent State went on with uh, yeah. uh, Antonio Gates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you remember that's those exciting. teams? Yeah, that's ex- yeah. that's exciting, and that I like. But yeah, I don't, I don't have like a favorite, but I've never really watched much basketball. It's the kids that don't get much exposure, but are going about their business the the right way. Not to say the blue bloods aren't, but just they know that they're not going to get the four and five star recruits. They got to build an actual program and, and an actual culture there. It's not just like you can put all this talent out there, and if they end, they're going to most more often than not, they're going to mesh because they just you know, you allow them to go play and, and do what they do best. So, you know, it's, for me, it's been a fun tournament. I haven't been able to watch even as much college basketball as I used to in the past, because it it just, with everything else that goes on, like, and the time that college basketball games are on, it intertwines with other things kind of going on. And, you know, it's really the only really promote the NCAA tournament. And, you know, they need to promote more for the women's side because there's been upsets this year in that one. Their parity starting to grow in the women's game. Um, you mean it's not UConn? 
No. <laughs> I know that. No. In the past, I, was it? didn't they win? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were undefeated. Yeah, like a huge streak. Well, they, they had like 108 wins in a row. Like, yeah. 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 And it was always like the, it was always chalk. Like, if you went chalk on those brackets, you would more often than not. Let's hear UConn, yeah. Tennessee. <laughs> like, yeah. you just go through it and just, yeah. but yeah, like, they're even getting paired. Like, I, the one that I remember the most was uh, Van Vliet. Who plays for? Yeah. I think he plays for the Raptors now. Yep. Who would have not known of him except for the run that he made right. in March Madness with his team? Yep. Like I'm just sitting there like, okay, now he's an NBA star. Yep. Not a superstar. He's just star, right? Or, yeah, I mean, he's kind of like an all-star level player. Pascal Siakam is the is the is the star. star. It's like the, if you're gonna say a superstar on Toronto, I don't even know if Siakam's a superstar. But their superstar, their go-to player is Siakam. They're, you know, kind of that next in line is is Van Vliet because of how he plays. Yeah, but those are the guys you remember. Yeah. Especially in, through those, like, you're just, like, you just sit there and watch him like, oh, now this guy's in the NBA? That's awesome. He probably would have got that chance if he didn't make that run in yep. the tournament. And that's a credit to how much exposure the NCAA tournament gets. But I wish more of these kids, both men and women's side, got more exposure throughout the year and they promoted it a little bit better. And it's never going to be to the level of how they promote college football or football in general. But putting a little bit more into that because that is your star of the show for the winter season. Yeah. In, in college athletics, that is your star of the show. And they just need to promote that and promote student athletes everywhere a little bit better. Now, you talk about St. Peter's, whether they won or lost today, They, I love their celebrations after. I know their coaches told them you got to act like you've been there before. You just, this is a, this you is haven't, a, You haven't been here before. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> you, you haven't been here before. And, and every team you see their celebration in the locker room, whether it's a higher, you know, like a, a low seed that's a really good team to a, you know, a higher seed, whatever it is, they're enjoying it. They're moving their their piece on the bracket over to that next game. They and, and they're celebrating with their coaches. It's it's a joy to see a team that you know also hasn't been there. Are the Cleveland Cavaliers? We do need to hit a break here. Touch on them and touch a little bit on some comments coming out about your baseball team because you're wearing the Indian shirt today. You brought us our jersey for the wedding. Before yes. we do hit the break, I do want to mention because I'll be posting it on social media. But reminder, my fiance Jana, and myself, we are doing a baseball-themed wedding. We're going to have our wedding, first ever wedding at League Park, the original ballpark that the Cleveland Indians, when they became the Cleveland Indians in 1915, I do believe it was, that is the ballpark that the baseball team, professional team, was playing in in Cleveland. There are two original standing walls. They also have what I think was the ticket office or part of the ticket office is now the Baseball Heritage Museum. Um, they also have that there. We're going to have the first ever wedding there in May. And our reception, we're trying, instead of using actual chair covers, we're going to try to use Indians. And I'm saying Indians because we're hearkening back to the past. We are honoring the past of the team we grew up watching under the name they were. We are borrowing promotional jerseys, other jerseys you may have from the Indians, from your fandom. We are only borrowing. We will put your name inside. We will deliver them back to you after the wedding. We are trying to get enough for all of our chair covers. So if you have any, please reach out. Or if you see my tweet or our tweets tomorrow, at the very least, please share across social media. We are trying to get, uh, I think, 100 to 200 jerseys to cover the chairs, whether it's every other or every chair for how many people we invited. So we will touch on the Guardians, though, on the other side of this break, as, uh, as well as the Cavs. And I'm going to clamor for a certain pizza place to come back. So all that... 
left in the show. One final segment to go. This is The Voice Land, the Big Play Network. Are you looking for a career in manufacturing? Vector Technical has you covered. Vector Technical is a 28-year-old staffing firm that has partnered with some of the biggest and the best companies throughout Northeastern Ohio. The recruiters at Vector Technical will coach you through the entire job process and will help you land an opportunity that you are truly excited about. Vector does not add any additional fees and offers benefits as well as free online skills training through Penn Foster. To learn more, visit www.vectortechnicalinc.com and make sure to check out our job board to see a full list of our current opportunities and apply. One final time on this pre-recorded live show on this Sunday night. This is The Voice of Land, The Big Play Network. Kevin Arnold alongside our producer extraordinaire audio and joined this week by guest host Jared Bates from Leo Ham to the Face and the Dogs Table. Make sure to catch both Leo Ham to the Face live at 6 p.m. across their social media sites. We want to give those plugs right now there for me, Jared? Uh, it's at Ham Illegal on Twitter and you can catch us on Facebook and YouTube. And then the dogs table goes live at eight o'clock right after our show. We get a little gap in between, but eight o'clock on all big play networks and at the dogs table and Facebook, YouTube, and I believe TikTok though. Yeah, I think I think Craig set up a TikTok for you guys. He yeah. did. Yeah. So I have no clue. I yeah. just yeah, roll along with the punches. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever however much exposure you can get. It's and it's a cool concept for a show if people don't know. The Dogs Table is, is a round table where you guys send out a link. It's a show that has a kind of a link where people can jump in. Fans can have their own discussion. They get they hear everybody t kind of talking, the professionals talking on air throughout the week, TV or radio. And sometimes they call in, sometimes they get in, sometimes they don't. This is a good way for a bunch of fans just to get together and see how different feelings are and, and nobody's – however they're feeling just like we talked about today we're not going to tell you how to feel on the dog's table that is definitely one of the main sticking points and well. we've had we've had you guys on there we've had brad ward on there we've had other guests dave's joined us a few times you know and the great thing is though is with our show mm -hmm. we can kick you off whenever we want to that, yeah that's the best thing about it like give sweet chip music yeah i don't like that okay. yeah <laughs> hey and this week i know you guys are having on a, a lawyer um as well to kind of maybe shed some light probably doesn't know all the details but at least shed yeah. some light on similar cases and, and kind of where the where people can expect this process to go from here probably right yes and we have him we have another special guest i believe next week and then on uh legal ham we have uh samantha roberts joining uh -huh. us april 5th we're going to talk some food in suburban with her and nice hopefully she can change this weather around because i messaged her last night I'm like can you just get it to stop snowing please yeah but she is a huge advocate dog advocate like we are especially for Good. city dogs in cleveland so it, we asked her to come on and she said yeah she'll come on and talk some food and some uh bourbon with us so i can't wait absolutely absolutely and i mean hopefully this weather turns around i guess that's the only advantage to the <laughs> Collective bargaining agreement for baseball is that coal markets like us, you know, are not actually have an opening day and getting that snowed out like like usual when you have a chance maybe on April 15th. We'll get to that here in a second. <laughs> One team that is still playing and playing for something this year and playing for experience, even if it's at the very least playoff experience, mentioned, have you been there before? No, but they need to grow up quicker. The Cavs are struggling right now and lost two important games. They lost to Toronto on the road um, on Thursday night, and then they lost last night by four after going down big at halftime to the Chicago Bulls at home. They lost 98-94 to last night. 
and now they've fallen into that seventh spot. And either way, even with the new COVID protocols in New York, whether it's you know you fall to eight and the Nets go to seven, or you're seven and the Nets got to be an eight. Guess what? They get their all their big three are able to play, barring any sort of injury. I'm not gonna knock on wood because I'm not. I would never root for an injury for anybody. This Cavs team, though, they got to grow up and grow up quick. They got to get back to that defensive mindset and the mindset that people aren't giving us a shot at anything. No, and they've lost that defensive mindset. They've they've passed few games, especially down this stretch, but also. They've been dealing with so many injuries. Yeah. Like they got core guys out, and you know, it, it. We started off so hot this season, yeah, and it was amazing. We're like, yeah, we're going to be top three. We're, you know, everybody's just clamoring at it, and then I think we finally got a dose reality because they are a team. They're a very good team. They're not there yet, but also, you take out a couple key players, and a couple yeah. other ones are digged up. This team's taking a step back a little bit. You know, we got to get Jared Allen back. Darius has got to get some sort of healthy with his back. Yeah. I know it's going to take the offseason to do that, but, I mean, with all these injuries, you knew something was going to happen. Yeah. There was going to be a slide that happened, but you got to start playing better defense, guys, because I it's just the one against LeBron. You got caught up in the show. You just watched LeBron just drop dimes on you. And, well, Kevin Love felt bad, got dunked on a little bit too hard, but – you know, should have been there. Should have known LeBron was going to dunk on you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this team, like you said, it's got to get back to the defensive mindset. Uh, they gave up 53 at halftime last night, and then, you know, you, you go out and give up, I think it was 45 in the second. So not not bad, but you were, you were down big at halftime, and you're not able to score either. Like, there's no offensive rhythm. They're losing everything. Now, the, one, the other piece that I don't like is that on this show, we were kind of one of the first to be talking about the the joy and the fun that this team was having in playing basketball. While yeah. they were kind of progressing and still winning games, it was just fun to watch. Like, there was no pressure on what the end result of this season had to be. And then everybody jumped on them, which I understand. There's the casual basketball fan. There's a lot more of those than there is, especially in football uh, and some other sports. So I understand people jumping on, but it's the... The, those people not really talking about when the team was fun, but now taking their shots at a team that they were told, oh, this team's going to do something big this year. Oh, I'm not seeing that team out there on the floor. So, like, they, again, another set of, uh, set of people that just have to be negative in the sense of, like, let's tear these guys down, let's bash them. I fully understand the reality of the situation is they have to play better. Yes, they were going to go through growing pains, but you're getting to that point where the growing pains are getting – close to the point of keeping you out of the playoffs, maybe even the play-in. I'm not saying they're not going to make the play-in, but dropping all the way to 9 or 10, that makes it much more difficult based on the matchups you have to face. And if you go to 9 or 10, you got to win two games. If you're in that 7-8, all you got to do is win one and you're in. And if you lose, you still get a chance at a second one. If you lose in the 9 to 10, you're out. So... This team needs to take more of a Memphis approach where I, they went in the play-in and then they got in the playoffs and got that experience. Yeah, they, I think they got swept in the first round, but a young team that got that experience, they need that. But I'm not going to absolutely tear them down. They got to figure the, They have to figure this out. Hopefully they figured out something defensively. I'm not just going to take unnecessary shots at them. My negativity is you're not playing well. You're, you took too much media credit. You heard all the noise. You believed in it before you actually got anywhere. 
And that's the biggest issue with that team. Yeah. I, I totally agree because they start hearing the press clippings and everything else yeah. and people saying how good they were. And I have a feeling that now their backs get to the wall and they don't know what to do. Well, now that I think about it, maybe let all the people take the shots. If they're going to listen to press clippings that much, you know, take all those and post them up on the on the board. Maybe that'll get you to play better because you're gonna you're in seven right now. You're gonna have to go on a run of games because the Bulls probably got some confidence last night after going three and seven in their last ten. So they're gonna start playing a little bit better. You know, Toronto's playing well right now, and they don't have that difficult of a schedule coming down the stretch. You're gonna need to play some good basketball, and, and hopefully that second half taught them, hey, you can't play just close games anymore. Close is only good in horseshoes and hand grenades. Not good enough in the NBA to, to win games and get yourself in the playoffs. You got to win these close games. Yeah. It's it's not good enough anymore to just be close and to be that tenacious team that gives all their effort and just doesn't get there to the end. We've seen you now have the talent. You got to get over the finish line in some of these games. The issue with your baseball team, a little different. You have players taking shots at the Guardians. You got Jack Peterson and Dallas Keuchel. Keuchel talking about the AL Central, teams he's going to have to face and where they stand. He he knows that with the Terry Francona-led team, you're always going to – the Guardians are always going to be in it somehow. They're going to do just enough to be in it, but they don't pay their players enough. Jack Peterson saying that the Indian uh, Guardians don't pl- uh, pay their players enough. And even when they were the Indians, they didn't pay their players enough. Jack Peterson got $6 million. Uh, Jana's here. My fiance's here, and she mentioned it before the show. Jack Peterson got $6 million. You just paid Brian Shaw $3 million, more than most of the guys that you signed in arbitration, and you were only in free agency adding to your roster before the Brian Shaw deal had $900,000 on the books. The, the only team worse than that? The Oakland A's, who hadn't spent anything in free agency or made any trades to improve their team. They only spent $900,000, and you got players now taking shots at you. But guess what, guys? We got a beautiful sign. Oh, it's all lit up at night right now, and it's, it's a beautiful script. That C is just looking a lot better, like the Hulk smashed the block C and, you know, kind of scrunched it together. And, you know, all of this great marketing and all these jerseys they put together to change the name. Oh, man, we spent all that money uh, over there. Oh, players? Oh, Paul Dolan. Hey, Paul, where you at? Well, well, we know Paul. they didn't spend a whole lot of money coming up with a new name, though, because I mean they only no took, they only took off like two letters and added a few more, so. and they saved money there because Spiders was one of the names they wanted to go with, but they knew they would have to go through legal and financial struggles be- with Richmond, the college having the Spiders, and probably using similar mm. graphics and everything. <laughs> so they were gonna have to to get rights to that. They were gonna have to pay some money. Oh, money! Oh. Hey, well, Paul, just, where are you going? Why are you leaving the door? <laughs> what? Hey. Just, just for the heck of it, before the show, I, I looked up, like, you know, because the Guardian stuff. And uh, I, I this was from 2001. It was an article that said that they initially offered less than ten grand for the rights to the name to the roller derby team. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, the, whole, the whole thing still boggles my mind. I mean, you open up your computer. You open up Google, Chrome, you type in Cleveland Guardians. Oh, there's a roller derby team with that name. I mean, it wasn't rocket science <laughs> to figure that out. So, I didn't yeah. even know they still played roller derby. Not, well, I think that they, they haven't we played. We doing a VTL night out. I know. <laughs> yes. A roller derby. I know they want to get 
back going. I think COVID with a you know like a, a yeah. smaller league like that with roller derby that like shut them down completely. But like they still have the rights to the name and they still want to come back and be the Cleveland Guardians. I mean, it's still Guardians. I mean, you're named after guys standing like statues on a bridge. I, I, beautiful statues, but they are. Kevin, you know, I was just thinking. Um, you know, the crunch season's over. Yeah. Well, the the regular I mean, season's over. Oh, 12 and 0, man. 12 and 0, man. They're no. uh, yeah. 22 22 to 2 in their last game. Yep, guys. And yeah. got the number 1 overall seed. They don't play until like April 9th or 10th in uh Muskegon, Michigan yep. in the semifinals. They got to buy all the way to the semifinals. They won the Great Lakes Division this year. Are you guys traveling? No. no. I wish we could. I wish, yeah, we, I wish could. we could. Yeah. But what do you know about roller derby? Because maybe uh, maybe we need to reach out Amen. to the uh, Cleveland Guardians roller derby team because they might need a live stream. Hey, you don't need to know much. But as long as you have a couple beers and watch them throw each other around, that's all you need right there. You just need yeah. to know numbers and names, right? <laughs> hey, you guys know I'll do the research, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. If I don't, I don't know much about right now, we, I'll figure it out. We might, we'll, have, we might have to reach out to them. I, I'm, I'm totally in. I'll be like, all right, hold on. Have take this. I gotta eat my bratwurst over here and watch this. And you best believe if I, <laughs> hey, you best believe if I if we did that and we had to make the announcement, you best believe I'm saying, and guess who's the new play by play guy for the Cleveland Guardians? <laughs> <laughs> that'll get some. That'll oh, get yeah. some clicks. That'll get some likes. I like that. You want know, to talk about the people that just are on Twitter and get likes? I know. I know my way around that. There's a reason why I don't do it. I want to do awesome. things the right way, but I still know how to do it. <laughs> I still know how to get um, attention. That'd be amazing. Um, oh, wow, Tom. Nope, nope. Kevin Arnold. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? That that the Cleveland Guardians that we're kind of arguing, like not arguing about, but frustrated by. Guess what? Opening day's not even sold out yet. Mm-hmm. Home opener's not even sold out yet for April fifteenth. We're, I mean, we're talking about going because we're still going to be fans. We're, you know, but I, I, at some point, I'm hoping the minority owner comes in and influxes something because. Even to make trades, they can come back and say, like, oh, but all these reports about the guys we were in for trades and stuff, we came up second. Guess what? That's not good enough. That's You have no outfield. I mean, Josh Naylor, yeah. And then Miles Straw. I mean, who else? Who are your four outfielders? What, you don't want Zimmer out there swinging away at Nats like he's been doing? No, not uh, really. Okay. No. Uh, let's see here. What else? Mm. What about the Bat Boy? We got... He, I mean, he, he might hit more dingers than anybody on this team. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm willing to try anything because I've been asking Peter. You know, I've been asking on this show for since we've been together, even before, an above average professional hitter. I'm not looking for even all star or superstar. I'm looking for above average professional hitter, veteran hitter for your outfield, a veteran defender and hitter for your outfield to kind of tie things together. Do you think I've gotten that? Miles Straw, maybe? No. I mean, that's maybe that's the above average I'm looking for. Maybe I'm looking for more. If I can't, if I'm kind of giving the uh, to Miles Straw. Where are they putting Jose out there? Or they what? I mean, they're gonna have to clone Jose and just put him everywhere and just get all the grass stains and dirt stains everywhere. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do. I, we need to talk more baseball on this on this show, but there's just not much to talk about, and the Guardians are giving us less to talk about. Did you see? And I brought it up on our show. They lost a game to the Texas Rangers, twenty-five to twelve. I saw that. Yeah. I mean, I I, I was like, I was like, is that even baseball? Like at the that point in time, is like low league. Can you just do low league rules and be like mercy rule and just move on? 
Was it even a full nine innings? <laughs> I have no clue. I mean, it was. I'm surprised. I think they. I think it was, and they went. I'm surprised they did because I think teams are allowed to if it's like that kind of score to save their legs, especially in this kind of shortened yeah. spring training. I think they're allowed to cut it off at seven, just like they're allowed to cut it off at a tie after nine innings. Yeah, because I was in a heavy piece of equipment. And I was like, I thought I heard the score, and I'm like, hold on. And I turned off everything. I'm like, <laughs> yep, yep, wow, okay. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't let you don't don't let the fact that we don't have an outfield distract you from the fact that we don't really have a bullpen either. And I know a lot of I know people that like Brian Shaw. I'm not one of those people. Can't wait to watch him kind of come in and just struggle enough to either get out of it or give up the whole. Nine yards, very well, close I, game. I will be going to at least one Guardians game this year because I'm uh, still gonna go because well, my day job. They're we're doing like a team thing. And oh, nice! Doing, oh, like, nice! I think they're doing the the lows or whatever. So, I, uh, not I don't think any of work listens here, but I we had one like prior to COVID, whole company thing. They did the, they got the the big party mm-hmm. suite thing. It was really yeah. really nice. Game was rained out. Oh, so but yeah. my uh, my boss's boss was upset because I wasn't impressed enough when I walked in. I had been in suites before, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's very nice, but I'm like, he was really expecting me to be like, Ooh, wow, this is fantastic. It's like, okay, see, yeah. this is why you need a camera. This right here is why you need yeah. a camera on you, yeah, and you don't have to be audio anymore because everybody can see. Uh, no one <laughs> wants to see me. <laughs> Come on, um, you silver fox! It's a blank screen. Some of that. Well, I I will say some of that passive aggressive sarcasm is kind of rubbing off on me because this the second half of this show I've been passive passive aggressive and sarcastic. <laughs> and boy, uh, I mean, I I guess I'll still go to games, but I mean, I'm still going to go to games. Everybody can I, speak to you. I, I, get I, it I, off. Get it off your chest. Come on. If I can't get a good if I can't get a good outfield or or you know. A, actual not minor league looking baseball team in the city can i at least get some good pizza in the city there it is i, I did not choose to be gluten and dairy free <laughs> i we had to drive and then while we went and had a great trip for my birthday and my i can't thank my fiance enough can't thank jan enough for the great birthday weekend i had and went to go see the largest marvel exhibit down at cosi in columbus and we went down there and we knew, like, hey, we can get mod pizza that we had in Seattle. I've talked about this before. They have a great gluten-free pizza dough with dairy-free cheese that is they put in their um, you know, pizza oven. It's a it's a stone brick oven type thing that they put the pizzas in. And it tastes amazing. It's not cardboard like you get out of the freezer aisle at the grocery store. It's not a half-assed attempt like some other places that I've been to. Now I'm going to use a former guest of ours and now I guess becoming a friend of the show, maybe. Tony Rizzo says, no names, please. I'm not going to give any names because if my pizza gets here, I'm going to say their names. I'm going to try to get a sponsorship out of that. You know that. Well, why don't we just do a GoFundMe and get our own franchise here? I know. we. There's eight locations See, in Ohio. That. Yeah, they're not here though. No, there's like five in the greater See, Columbus that's area. Perfect, right now we'll do a mod GoFundMe. Um, if anybody would like mod pizza here in Cleveland, please, Peter, you working on the Peter? <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about running a pizza place. <laughs> I don't um, need another job right now. But yep. if you want mod pizza, just right there on the screen. There's Jared's uh, Twitter handle. Yeah. <laughs> tweeted it. Tweeted him. He's going to be leading this this effort. We got to get Kev good pizza here in Cleveland. We're going to need a if we're going to do a GoFundMe for a franchise. We're going to need a GoFundMe for the like 
for the stuff to be built and for the people that are going to run it and actually work there. We're going to need like <laughs> why, why we're doing GoFundMe is should we get one for the Guardians so they can actually yeah, there we go an outfield. So all right, uh, we need an outfielder. So anybody for center field, please contact. <laughs> I mean, I could I could describe it that way and then just take the money and get mod pizza because Paul Dolan uses his money for other things and not players. So why not? I mean, here's the thing: is if I'm going to he can do it, why not me? If I'm going to go watch a minor league team, I'll just go watch the captains because it's like six bucks a <laughs> ticket. That's right by my house. And it's five dollars like, for parking. I mean, and, and it, it, you know, and it's they, fun. They joke around about attendance and everything. The, why not do an old school day? Because they have all these prices. Everybody has season tickets. I get it. But why not get yeah. the fans down closer to the ball field? Because not everybody can buy a hundred eighty dollar ticket to sit down on third baseline. Why not have during the week or something like that? Open that up, making a $25 ticket to where you can actually just fill the bottom part of the stadium. Yeah. You pick and choose your seat, first come, first serve, right there. Boom, there's your seats, 25 bucks. You can fill up that entire place. And it'd be great for them. It would give them PR. It would give them everything else. Plus, you get more people in the seats for games. But I can't afford, with my family, to go down there for 180 bucks and get really good seats. I can afford the bleachers and everything yeah. else. Yeah. But if I want to take my family down there, I can't afford that. Yeah, bring back nickel beer night. Oh, don't tip me. <laughs> don't tip me. They already got Dollar Dog night. Yeah. You throw a nickel beer with Dollar Dog, oh. double down. You're gonna need you're gonna need security <laughs> bouncers. Uh every that's that's gonna turn from a Guardians game into a nightclub. I know, I know one thing, I'll be in that bullpen throwing pitches. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be a lot of that kind of going on. But uh I think that's a good spot to 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 end this show on right there. We wanna thank Jared, of course. Thank you for coming in. We've been oh, thank you talking guys. about this for a while. This won't be the last time, but uh too long until the first time, so very soon we will get another one of these. Together as well, or you know, hey, Jay's not here. Kick him out. You know, That's right. I mean, you're coming on illegal ham here in a couple yeah. weeks. He, J- Jay doesn't listen to the show. He doesn't listen back, so he ain't gonna know. I know. That's fine. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna. Don't worry. There's a plan to test how much Jay listens to this show very soon. And if he actually listens to this, then I just gave it away. If not, like it probably won't. We'll keep it going. We're still in. We're still in. <laughs> but for our guest host today, Jared Fatty Bates, and our producer extraordinaire, AI, or Peter Tellup, I'm Kevin Hall reminding all of you sports fans out there, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. After my Marvel experience for my birthday, we truly do love you all 3,000. And as our great late friend Mike Allen always said, all gas, no breaks. We'll see you next week right here the Voice Land, the Big Play Network.